And there's a, there's a subject that uh, is very important to all of us. And I saw this work through my family. You know, uh, truth is more caught than taught. And you can teach, teach, teach. I didn't understand tithing for so long. Uh, even after I was in the ministry, I knew that it was right. And I knew that it was biblical and that God blessed it. But I didn't know all that was involved with it. But here, the Apostle John says, uh, he says these words, uh, Beloved, I pray or wish that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. It's a wonderful thing to walk with, with the Lord. And of all the preaching that I have heard, I've heard enough preaching to save China. And of all the preaching, the one thing that probably made a greater impact on me is when I saw other people and how they served the Lord and how God blessed and helped them through the trials of life. You know, life is, is precarious. Life has its battles and trials and surprises and disappointments and all the things that are good too. But we live in a fallen world. And we live in a world that's been, it's a fallen world. We operate behind enemy lines and we understand that we're a different kind of people because we're saved. We know the Lord. We believe in the Lord. We believe the gospel. My, my, <clears throat> pardon me, my dad is a businessman. He pastored seven churches. And by the time he was about 40, we had been through some pretty deep water and troubles and pastoring was hard, especially in the South where people, you literally lived on what people would bring, like vegetables and stuff. And they had a box by the door called a pounding. And it was a pound of this and a pound of that. And uh, that's what you lived on. He made maybe $10, $12, some weeks $15 a week. And we didn't have much. We were the, 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 our relatives made fun of us and mocked us because none of them, of all of my dad's 11 children, none of them were saved. They never went to church. My dad only went to church four times. By the time he was 21 years old, he'd only gone four times. And that was uh, funerals and weddings. But all those years I saw, we, we struggled. People bring milk, wealthy, wealthy farmers would bring milk, but they brought Blue John. Now, y'all don't know what Blue John is, do you? Does anybody know what Blue John is? Blue John is milk that's been, all the cream's been taken off of it. And that's what they brought. I mean, you can almost read a newspaper through it. And so it is that he finally went into business and he bought a, a septic business, a pumper, septic tanks. You know what septic tanks are, right? And he bought this septic uh, truck and it had walls and had... A roof. It looked like a big house on the back of a truck. And there it was. He was so proud of that thing. And, and the compression would work through that, uh, that uh, truck, and it would, it would pull the sewage out of the, sewer, out of the septic tank. And one day we were out there, and he's revving that thing up. He's so proud of that. And he's revving that motor up. And uh, he's just happy, you know. He's always just happy, jumping around happy. And all of a sudden, boom! The sides of that thing just collapsed. And literally, he jumped straight up in the air, and he said, Well, the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. 
And that was it. Well, you know, that was over 45 years ago. He got a different truck, got a better truck, sold it, made a lot of money off of it, sold it on time so he had the interest. And he called that business, it's still called that, you can Google it, it's called Abe's Septic Business. And the reason he named it Abe's is because he wanted to be first in the yellow pages. <laughs> and so, and, and, the, and the slogan is, a flush is better than a full house. And so that thing is still making money to this day. So we learned something about tithing. And so the first step to supernatural finances, God has so arranged the tithe. Because in that, we step out of our cerebral and logic and understanding and figuring it all out and laying all night awake and trying to work it out into another realm, and that's the realm of God. That's the difference. We step. It is not the end. It is a channel. He gives seed to the sower. And so it's not an end. And so many times we think, well, I've got to do this. We pay for the bills and so forth. No, God gives uh, the, the giver so that the giver can give to others. And he's designed the tithe as a consistent plan of giving. So he has to get us into another realm, into the realm of the supernatural. And that's the first thing that God begins to do. The purpose of the tithe is to get us into the realm of faith. Now, I understood tithe, but I didn't know what was involved. My wife and I, uh, I was in Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, and we lived in a little run-down apartment, and we were not making it. And one day I told her, I said, you know, Dad always tithe. Why don't we tithe? We give, and she was willing to do that. I'm telling you, uh, I've been married 53 years this September. I mean, that girl is crazy about me. <laughs> and, of course, I, she, I rescued her. She rescued me. We rescued each other. You know, I told our church we boss each other. And so it is that she said, okay, let's tithe. We couldn't, we couldn't pay. And I was telling the first service that, uh, at night, you know, I heard somebody in the kitchen and somebody was rustling around. I saw, felt, saw, uh, heard paper moving and things. But I said, somebody's in there. I told Marie, go in there and see what it is. <laughs> she, said, she said, you go in there and see what it is. I said, we'll both go. And I got a broom and I went in there. And I, when I walked in there, I hit the switch. I mean to tell you, la cucaracha, I'm talking about cockroaches all over the place. I told him when I went to language school, a uh, 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 Chihuahua dog taught me my first Spanish. How many know what that is? Yo quiero un taco. So we began, and God just began to do something. Now I want you to notice something. The scripture talks about understanding. It said, he that sows reaps 60, 160, and 30, and it talks about understanding. When Jesus is talking about this reaping, or he's talking about this, he is not speaking to the mind. This is not cerebral. I thought, well, I thought you wanted the whole world to be saved. Why are you speaking in parables, Lord? Why do you make this so complicated? It was like he said, I'm speaking to the hearts of those who want to hear, to those who are willing to hear. 
He's not in the business of just entertaining people. He's in the business of converting people. And to the heart, this thing on tithing is not a cerebral. It's not something that we get smart. It is a revelation of the heart. The second thing I think that's important is what to expect when we pay tithe. Well, Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 says something that's so, so powerful. And it says here, Bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me, prove me. Now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And then the next verse says, you're cursed with the curse. Now, he didn't say your money's going to be cursed. He said, you will be cursed, your family. He said, I've, I've had people tell me, well, I know people, they don't serve God. They don't believe in living for God. They don't uh, rely on the Lord for anything, and they're wealthy. Yeah. Even the Laodicean church in Revelation, they said, we are wealthy. We're rich. We're increased with goods. Jesus said, yeah, you are, and you're miserable. So he didn't say, your money's going to be cursed. He said, all, he said, the, the anxiety and the trouble and the devastation and the problems and the world that you're living in and up against is against you in the sense so here they are i i've worked i know i know people that are very very wealthy and no doubt you do too but the truth of the matter is the bible says there is no peace saith god to the wicked <laughs> what do we have we have peace with god and so when he says you're cursed with the curse, some, I've had people tell me, well, I tried tithing and I, things didn't work out. I didn't get what I wanted. I didn't get the job or I got fired. I started tithing and I got fired. Well, let me tell you something. It's not just material things. So in this verse of Scripture, when he says of tithing, you're blessed, I will bless you, God did not say I will give you material things. It is inclusive. He, he does bless our money. He does bless us with work. He does bless us in some, many times in powerful ways. He financially blesses us. But that's not what this scripture is saying. This scripture says, I will pour you out a blessing. And a lot of people interpret that, that they're going to start getting material things. And so when they don't get the material things, they say it doesn't work. There's a Big 50-cent word called etymology. And that means the study of words. Words mean something. And in this text, it says, I will pour you out a blessing. And it says uh, in the uh, uh, original, liter literally says, a spoken invocation of favor. God says, I will speak words of favor over you when you pay tithe. It covers. You know, I bought an old truck the other day, and I'm, is a, is a 2006, and, and uh, don't fuss with me. Um, some people like Dodges and Ford and Chevys and all these. Well, this just, just it just, Marie just knows them as red or blue or white, you know. That, and, but it was a Dodge Ram, 2006. Looked beautiful, low miles, everything was good. But I'm driving down the freeway with Marie, and that thing, I'm telling you the truth, about 65 miles an hour, it thing went into a high-speed wobble. 
And I Googled it, and it's called death wobble. <laughs> and I said, oh, Lord, help us here. And, and I said, hang on, hon. We, I don't know what, I didn't, I didn't think I could keep it in, under control. I finally got it off the road, and it's back then. I know the guy that runs the place. He's a Christian. He's going to take care of it and all that. But you know what I could have said? Well, I've been tithing. I'm a tither. Why am I going to, what good does it do to go to church? What good does it do to serve God? What good, I'm tithing. What didn't, because that's not how God works. He didn't guarantee me that thing wouldn't wobble. It didn't wobble because there's something wrong with that thing. Amen. Next time I'll buy a Ford. Amen. Somebody ought to say amen. But you, you, you see, when God's spoken word of favor is over your life, he has more than a thousand ways to bless you. And what you lose on the peaches, you make on the pears. And what he lost on one truck, he made on another one. And I could tell you many stories of where God moved in, gave direction, gave favor, right people. There's always, listen, there's always somebody that'll help you to your destiny. God has arranged it. God has a plan. God has a purpose. All we need to do is walk with him, talk with him, listen to him, obey him. And he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Amen. Glory to God. I'll be with you through the storms of life. I'll be with you through every crisis, every trouble. The difference is we have Jesus. And I've been in bad I was in a bad car wreck with a man and broke his back. He's pastors in Tucson, Arizona, with a, uh, paralyzed in a wheelchair. And we went over that mountain. And every time that thing hit, I cried, Jesus, Jesus. What's the difference in us in the world? We trust in the Lord. We run to Christ. We call upon his name. Hallelujah. Am I any better? No. Am I any better? No. All I want to know is Enter in, thou good and faithful servant. Lord, remember me. I'm no better than the thief on the cross. I need Jesus just like everybody. But at least I know I need Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. Praise God. I will pour you out a blessing in the word. Pour means literally I will take, God says, I will take my bucket and turn it upside down and I will empty it of every drop that's in it upon you. It's the word poor. Everything. Personality. Family. Business. Challenges. Everything that's in God's bucket. He said, I will pour you out a blessing. To know that is a fantastic revelation. Hallelujah. I sat by a man who's very intellectual type and he was talking about he works for the some kind of government program and about hurricanes and hurricanes however they say it y'all say hurricanes hurricanes tornadoes <laughs> and he said we just got to be prepared we just I said well I'm prepared for eternity he goes huh I said I'm prepared for eternity I believe in what Jesus did on the cross you can't get it much, much more simple than that. He, hang on, he hung on that cross for you and me. They didn't kill him. Those Romans didn't kill him. He said, no man takes my life. I lay it down. He planted. It was in the, in the council, infinite council of God before the world that Christ would die for me and you. 
Glory to God, I'm going to heaven. Hell would vomit us up. Because we're saved. Because we're washed in his blood. Because our names are written down in the Lamb's book of life. Oh, hallelujah to God. This thing is real. And I can tell you today, you can't go wrong in saying, Lord, this part is yours. I give it to you in faith. Now it's your turn. I've done my part, Lord. Oh, I'm not going to just sit at home and not work. Like some folks in our church, they just sit at home. I, you got to work. Work. Work's not the curse. Work's the blessing. Amen. Amen. Works the curse. No, it's a blessing. Amen. I just throw that in free. <laughs> and then last of all, understanding tithing and blessing will cause us to live in a realm, in the realm of faith. How? Because God speaks words of favor over the tither. So I'm not worried about that, that truck and that, that wobble. You know why? Because I have God's favor. And they're going to fix it. Marie said, what if they refuse to fix it? Well, then I'll pay for it. What if you don't? God's got a lot of money. Amen. You know, Dion's always, you know, I say, Dion said, we, we don't have the money. She said, why don't you just write a check? <laughs> well, I'll let them come and get you then, huh? And throw you in jail. Just write a check. People in church sometimes can be rude. Ain't that right? I ain't looking out there at nobody. But I mean, there's a, sometimes people even in church can be rude. And somebody, I don't know where it was, but she, she said that somebody came up to her and said, you look like you're gaining some weight. You're getting fat. She said, well, I may be fat, but you're ugly. And I can lose weight, but you'll always be ugly. <laughs> you know, just because we're saved doesn't mean we're just wimps, right? Amen. We're not wimps. Praise God. And God will help us in everything we do because we have his favor over our lives. Amen. And sometimes he'll deal with us about different things. He's dealing with one person here about something. He'll deal with somebody over here about something else. But how many know? We know when he's talking to us and dealing with us. Because he says, I don't care for that. I don't like that. I've been, I've been thinking about humility. And I thought I was hum humble. <laughs> I thought, how many, how many know you're humble? Let me see your hands. <laughs> we're, we're a humble bunch. Oh, yeah. And I was in King Supers, which is a store across the street from us, and these people were walking in front of me, and so I just stopped for them. But the guy behind me laid on his horn. And he didn't go beep, beep. You know what I want to do? Same thing you want to do. Like the old Colonel Sanders. He wanted the cusser taken out of him. Well, I want the, I wanted the cusser. I didn't cuss. I tell you the truth. I didn't cuss. But I did think a bit about it. <laughs> but I didn't do it. And so when I pulled up, he pulled up beside me. You know what I want to do? How many have ever done that in your car? <laughs> no, no, I know what some of these Texans do. They do the other. <laughs> and you know what I said to him? I'm sorry. He didn't know what to say. He said, oh, it's all right. 
You find out how humble you are when somebody gets up behind you or cuts you off. But when we're tithing, it's like the Lord just speaks words of, it's an invocation of favor over our life. You know, I, I went through high school. I could never give up, get up and, and give a book report. Never. Lots of, lots of things that we're challenged in. Lots of things we're challenged about. All of us got something. But you know what? God helps us. He helps us. And he speaks those words of favor over our life. And although he does bless us financially, but when that, that old car breaks down, when those things wear out, you know, all, everybody here is driving a used car. Moment you buy it and drive it off that lot, it's a used car. Drive it around the block and bring it back and see what they'll give you for it. I tried it. <laughs> they give you about 5000 or $10,000. Well, no. These clothes wear out. In, in 100 years, these, these old cars are all going to be somewhere in a junkyard. They may, they, they may look on us in 100 years like we're cave people. The way technology is going, I hope Jesus comes back. I'm rooting for the rapture. Amen. Later for those funeral homes. Amen. Later for those funerals. I, every, I'll just, just chase this one little rabbit. Every funeral I've done over the years, those funeral directors irritate me. They irritate. I don't know why. I have to pray. God help me be sweet today. Because those funeral directors just bothered. I was, I was doing a funeral. These old men, God love the old geezers. There they are. They're in there. And I told them, I said, some of you funeral directors, you got one foot in the grave and the other one's on a banana peeling. You better get right with God. And I take the side of the people who've lost a loved one. Yes, sir, you're going to honor these people. If they want preaching, if they want singing, if they want two-hour service, whatever they want, that's what they're going to get. That's why we're there. All you're going to do is put them away. They're in heaven, by the way. So when it, what, what was I, oh, I was preaching on tithing, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, y'all thought I got off track, didn't you? I'm telling you what, there's a spoken word of favor over our life. Oh, man. And that old song says, and he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known. Oh my, that's what we have. We have the favor of God spoken over our lives day and night. And I remember my old daddy, he tithe, he put that tithe in a little jar because there wasn't enough to put in on Sunday. And he'd save it up for a month, put it up on the cupboard, and in that old mason jar, he'd say, now, Ronnie, that's God's money, and it's holy, and it's tithe. Don't touch it. And I never did. I never did. Because I feared my daddy. <laughs> Man, feared God, but I feared him more right at that time. And so it is that I would hear him, and he would raise his hands, Wore those old bib overalls, and he'd raise those hands up. He's a little man, and he'd sing that old song. It says, some through the water. God leads his dear children along. If you want to Google it, there's a whining. It sings that song. You ever heard of whinings? They sing it, man, alive. Ooh. And 
that song. Some through the water, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. God didn't say we're going to have everything we want when we want because we want it and we say it and all that garbage. God says, I'll bless you because you belong to me, because you hear and obey my voice and you fear me, not like a terror, but like a respectful fear and a reverence and a love. Oh, I'm standing here in this great church this morning singing both services and I'm saying, what comes out of my heart? I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. Oh, and to have that, then I can walk like it says, and he'll walk with you and talk with you and speak. You say, why doesn't he speak? If you'll listen, you'll hear him. But you, we cannot have sin and godliness at the same time. Cannot, we cannot have sin and godliness at the same time. You say, well, are you perfect? No, I'm not. But I tell you what, I know how to repent and say, Lord, forgive me. Amen. I don't know if you remember Harry, my old Tennessee buddy. Oh, Harry, he, before he passed away, he was in a restaurant. He got in a fight with somebody, and he used to fight a lot. And he said, I'll just whip you and ask God to forgive me later. <laughs> Amen. Well, that ain't how it. <laughs> the Harry doesn't know how it worked that way, you know. So when it comes to blessing, it doesn't refer to material things. Take the word for what it says. It refers to the spoken word of God's favor and there's much misunderstanding here and people when they don't get what they're expecting they give up don't quit don't give up don't let circumstances let faith be your domination or your motivation so there I close with this thought and that is with Esau and Jacob don't be an Esau Esau's a hunter he's out there he's sweaty he comes in he's tired he's uh, hungry, and he says to Jacob, what's that I smell? Jacob says, I made some stew. He says, give me that stew. I'm hungry. And Jacob says, Jacob, his name means conniver, but this is how it worked. Now, I don't, I'm not here to explain all that. It just means that he was a, he, maybe he was a shrewd businessman. I don't know. All I know is he said, you give me your blessing, because he had it, and I'll give you the stew, pottage. And Esau said, okay. And he gave him the pottage, and he said, now, with his own words, I bless you with this blessing. It now is yours. I would take the blessing any day over the pottage. And this is the difference, and this is why so many people, they're always looking at the pottage. And they're thinking, oh, this is, this is, No. The, the blessing of God came on Jacob. And here's a wonderful thing about God. Here's Jacob. He's out there, and he only has a rock for a pillow. And he's laying there. He's in, in serious trouble at that time in his life with his brother and, and life and everything, and he's uncertain about his future. He lays, he lays there with just a rock, and he says to God, God, if you'll bless me, I'll tithe. And from that moment, God began to bless him. That's how good God is. He didn't wait until he got a job. He didn't wait until he got money. He didn't wait until he was able. At that moment, he took him at his word and began to bless him. And here's where there's so much misunderstanding is he took the pottage. I would take the blessing 
any day. And yes, there are some setbacks. Yeah. And yes, there are some things that, that we don't like. We've all lost loved ones. We lost a grandchild. Ben, our son, fought Claude and, and his way through life. And lost that little boy six months old. My dad came over and helped, helped me do the funeral. Little white casket, six months old. Ben never lost heart. He never lost faith in God. We never blame God. When things are happening to you, just remember this. There is a devil. He's mean. I hate him. I'm called to cast out devils. You're called to tread on serpents and scorpions. Amen. Hallelujah. We're not, like I said, we're not wimps. If they attack America, we attack them. Amen. There's a difference in murder and war. And I can tell you the truth. We're not murderers. But I'm going to tell you, I told this guy on the plane, he's trying to defend some of these Islamic people. Please forgive me. If you, I, he, I told him, I said, they, when they live next door to me, if they're, uh, whatever their faith, whatever their religion, if they have a rock and they worship that rock in the backyard, have at it. But when they pick it up and they chunk it at my girl or me or my wife, war's on. Am I preaching right? You can't do that. Amen. We're not going to put up with it. Praise God, I'm not running for president, but I may the next time. <laughs> Hallelujah. I guarantee you I'll do better than some of these we had in, in, in amen. <laughs> All right. Praise God. I want to give you the key. I'm going to give you the key. I, I didn't do it in the first service because I was saving it special for you guys. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 26, and I'm going to close. Here is the key. Here's the secret. When we tithe, it's not, okay, it's tithe. Okay, I got to do this. Preacher said, no. Here is the secret to the blessing and how God incorporates this in our, in our attitude. It's called attitude. Deuteronomy 26, verse 2 through 10. He says here, that you shall make, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground, which you shall bring from your land, that the Lord your God has given you and put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. And you shall go to the one who is priest in those days and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God. Here's what you say. I declare that I have come to the country which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Let me just say something right here because there's somebody here thinking this is not, tithing is not in the New Testament. It was a given in the New Testament. Jesus talked of it. It's mentioned in Hebrews. And so it was a given. He didn't have to explain it away or explain it to it. It was a given. All right. And see, it's when you come before the Lord, then the priest shall take the basket out of your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall answer and say before the Lord your God, my father was a Syrian about to perish and he went down to Egypt and dwelt there, few in number. And there he became a nation, great, mighty, populous. But the Egyptians mistreated us, afflicted us, and laid hard bondage on us. How many can understand? How many know that we've been at times mistreated and afflicted and had trials? Then we cried out to the Lord 
God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He did miracles. He has brought us to this place and has given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now, behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. He is simply saying that when we're tithing, we're saying, God, thank you. We were down and out, busted and disgusted. We didn't have anything. We were poor. We were lost. We came from a tribe that had... We, I came from a terrible, terrible tribe. Uh, uh, all kinds of problems. We came out of darkness. We came out of, out of sin. And you saved us. And you gave us a new song and a joy. And you wrote our name down in heaven. And we're saved. And with that attitude, we've been delivered, like the young man said, we've been delivered from drugs. We've been delivered from all kinds of nonsense. And God has saved us. Some of us, I'm telling you, some here would have been dead if it wasn't for God. And all kinds of things, either horses throwing us or truck wreck, car wrecks or anything, all kinds of problems in our life, overcoming all kinds of sickness. But we're here today. And then we say, God, we appreciate it and we're thankful. There's nothing like a grateful person. A thankful person. Amen. Every good leader says thank you. Every good daddy says thank you. Every time someone does something, thank you. And God is that way. And he says when you bring that, there's something that moves in heaven on our behalf. And there's words of favor that are spoken over our life. I learned this in the sixth, when I was just a boy in the fourth grade. And I prayed for a pair of black leather gloves, and some of you have heard this story. And I gave, and all I had was a, was a nickel, an Indian, a, a Indian head nickel. Does anybody know what one of those are? Indian head nickels. And my dad said, why don't you give to God? I told him, I want a pair. Why don't you buy me a pair? He said, why don't you pray and give, and give to God? And I won't go into detail, but I, I put that in. I, I resisted the Holy Ghost for about three weeks. Every time that offering came, I was upset. I just let it go. I'm not giving it. I'm not giving it up. But finally, the Lord talked me into it. You know, the, let me tell you, I'm on, God's talking to somebody. You know what? He ain't going to leave you alone. He's going to bug you. He's going to talk to you. Talk to you. He won't make you, but he'll, he can't persuade you. And I put that in. I walked downtown Leavenworth, Kansas, and my folks in those days you could, kids could run all over the town. Nobody got, you didn't see about kids getting like you do nowadays. And they'd walked on down the street. And I walked in this sporting goods store. There's everything. And I saw, and I can see that, that rack of gloves over here. And the big rack of gloves. And I'd prayed specifically for a black pair of leather gloves with rabbit fur on the inside. And I'm just in the fourth grade. I didn't start school until I was seven. That's that, in those days, you had birthdays that had to come right, and I didn't start, and they told me, if you don't like it, you don't have to go, and I went home and said, I don't like it, and they said, well, we got news for you.
It's good to have an expert in the house. <laughs> you know what? She walks over to me, and this old lady, bless her heart, back in those days, anybody over 30 was old, but I'm talking this lady, she had to be up there close to, close to 100. I mean, she was like 80 or 85 at least. And she says, would you like a pair of those gloves? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, pick you out a pair. I just started looking at the price tags. I'm gonna, if this is going to be a miracle, I'm going to make it a real good one. <laughs> I did. And I found the most expensive pair of black leather gloves I could buy. I said, I like these. She said, they're yours. We started back over to the cash register. She had a long uh, envelope, and uh, illegal size, and uh, she was going to start to pull the money out to pay for it. And she stopped me. She says, is there anything else in this store you want? And about that time, my faith failed me because my heart got to pounding harder. And I thought, she's trying to kidnap me. <laughs> I said, no, ma'am. <laughs> and I'll never forget it. She said, would you like a pair of long handles? You don't know what those are, do you? Does anybody here in this house know what long handles are? Well, of course. Anybody ever wear a pair of them? <laughs> well, for those who don't know, they're long underwear. They, all the way. You know what I'm saying. I said, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. I ran down. She got the, put it in the sack, got the receipt. I ran down the street, told my dad. He said, you take those right back. He thought I would uh, shoplifted them. And I said, no, look, here's the receipt. You're the one who told me to pray. Amen. <laughs> From that day, I learned something. God is at work. God is at work. And I can tell you, God's got lots of surprises, lots of good surprises, lots of good blessings. And I, I wouldn't trade tithing for anything because I know that he's good for his word. Amen. I know he's good for his word. And just as I said, Lord, I will tithe, he said, I will bless you. And it doesn't mean we're all going to get everything we want, but it does mean I'd rather, have, I'd rather have his spoken word over me than the pottage any day. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, today for your people and this great church, this great facility, and these precious souls that have come the first in this and in this service. Great, great people. Lord, I've never been more loved I've never seen such any greater joy and excitement for the kingdom of God than these precious people. And I mean that, Lord, with my heart. I thank you for everyone here. Thank you that you're speaking to all of us collectively, but also individually because you've even numbered the hair on our head and you know all, and yet you love us. You love us with a wonderful love. A love that says, come unto me, all you that are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Thank you for the peace of God that we have today. Thank you, Lord, for your work here. While our heads are bowed and the next three minutes could change your life, you'd be honest and know in your heart you need God, you need his forgiveness. And you're not saved and you're not sure if you had to go home, if you had to answer to God today, you're not sure if you're ready. And you want to know that you know that you're saved.
How many would just raise your hands up and put them down? Say, remember me, please. I see your hands. How many more? Just raise them up and put them down. Maybe you're away, you're a backslider, and you've turned away because of something happened. But today, you know that ain't what you want. You want to be, you want to be forgiven. Raise your hands. Amen. God bless you. You want to be forgiven. You can be. You can go out of here with a new heart. You take out, maybe you got a stony heart. Maybe things in life, it does it to us. It makes us hard-hearted. Maybe, you know, you want God to give you a tender heart and a heart that's compassionate and sensitive. Just raise your hands. God bless you. You've been violated and betrayed and walked on and hurt. And it, it reminds you of things that you don't care for. How many others would raise your hands and say, I need his forgiveness in my heart for being hard and bitter. I've been hard. I've been bitter. I don't want this anymore. I'm not going to live with this in any, this attitude anymore. I hear I hear the Holy Ghost talking. I don't want to be bitter anymore. Raise, please, just slip your hands up. God's here to help us, not put us down. He's here to lift you up and give us peace and put us back together. How many more? Amen. God bless you, hon. I need to wait just a little longer. How many more? Maybe you went through a divorce and it hurts you so bad. Perhaps you lost and got a bad deal in a business and it hurt you so bad. Maybe someone, maybe as a child, you were molested and hurt. It, the pain of that is so, so, it's so bad. But God wants to pour in the balm. He wants to pour in the oil. He wants to pour in the healing. Bind up your heart. Just raise your hands. God bless you. Shall we stand? Shall we stand? And I know there's many hands that went up. I want to pray for you. Not asking you to sign anything, join anything. Just come, would you? Come on, son. Bring that dear lady, that beautiful lady beside you right there with you. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. Come on. There are others here, over here. Please come. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, yes, he knows. The Bible says he's touched with the feeling of our infirmities and our pain and our heartache and our losses in life. He's touched with that. He cares about it. He cares about that. Such a Savior. Such a God. Oh, yes, indeed. There are others here the Holy Spirit's speaking to. And you just want his healing power to come into your heart, into your life. Is anybody here for the first time and you're sick? You've got a report of any kind from a doctor? You're here for the first time? Anybody? No? Okay. Praise God. We're going to pray, and we're just going to believe. Stretch your hands toward these precious people, would you? And let's just pray together. Dear Father in heaven, say it with me. like I am I know that I need forgiveness I know that uh, I've sinned and I'm sorry I'm asking your forgiveness I know you died and shed your blood for me that I would not die but I would live forever I ask you to come into my heart and be my Lord and from this moment, 
I believe you in my heart. And I say with my words, Jesus, you're my Lord and my Savior. And I will confess and I will say to others that Jesus is my Lord. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. you you'll walk out of here with a new joy in your heart you will and I can guarantee this will last this is not just a flash to pan this is something that will last amen and somewhere along the line you'll remember God you touched me on that day in that little church and changed my life forever praise God praise God Now, you can be seated for a moment. I'm going to ask our ushers. This is 